And we are back for another episode of AlphaCast. My name's Mike Winner, and I'm here as always with Dr. Bear Paul Lando up here on the beautiful Smith River on the border of California and Oregon in the great state of Jefferson, where the new California movement is still ramping up. And we've been having uh, a lot of fun watching that with what's going on there. Uh, what else is going on? Um, winter has kicked in. We are... Uh, focusing already on prepping for spring and uh, getting as much information as we can out to our co-op as we develop that more. If you are interested in getting more information about Alpha Vedic, you can go to our website, alphavedic.com. We have an emerging uh, <clears throat> developments coming on the farm with uh, the, with the uh, buildings we're planning to put up. We have a GoFundMe. I know we've been talking about this. It is coming out. We've just been juggling so many things the last few months. But uh, yeah, there's a lot in the works for Alpha Vedic for 2021, including the Reunion Summit that will be coming out from uh, the talks and workshops we did in Joshua Tree. Some really empowering uh, uh, workshops. And uh, we have uh, individuals on there that are really pushing the limits of, of knowledge for health and, and uh sovereignty and law and one of those people today is on the show cal washington who will actually be in the reunion summit on our common law panel which will be fantastic so check out that the reunion summit website will be launching uh early january we have an amazing lineup we keep getting people added kelly brogan was just added sayer g was added um, we have an amazing uh, assortment of characters coming on board that are really pushing the limits of, of knowledge and wisdom uh, that we so badly need right now. Also, what we need is community more than ever. And if you are looking to, to find people that are on this same level that you know are, are really <clears throat> searching for truth and wisdom, you can join us on our community at telegram at t.me forward slash alphavedic or if discord's more your thing, alphavedic.com forward slash discord is the place to jump in. It's all broken up there by topics. So it's really organized now and a great place to really find your tribe. Also, if you want to be more involved with alphavedic, you can join our co-op and that is at patreon.com forward slash alphavedic. And we are getting more product back in. We've had some product out of stock. Um, and we're focusing on building more resilient uh, uh, supply chain lines and uh, relationships with vendors so that we can get that stuff in there and keep it in there. Uh, the Cerveza bug has made it a little bit more challenging, but uh, we're, that's why we're focused on the farm so we can grow all of our own product and ensure that we can be delivering these healthy um, formulations, teas, et cetera, to you year round. So thanks for everybody for your patience there. Uh, if you do want to be notified when products come back into stock, please join our mailing list or join the co-op. Okay, that's enough of that. Let's jump into Cal Washington. He's here, CEO, CEO of InPower, shares his journey through the daunting legal commercial Maya that seemingly dictates every facet of contemporary life through government fiat. Cal is one of the courageous few that have dared to question and challenge in an effort to dissipate the collective spell presently engulfing mankind. The InPower community is culturally, governmentally, and geographically diverse, but has a common bond, the need to have authority over one's health and home. So, so important. Regardless of where you live in the world today, 
people have fewer choices when it comes to certain technology and services and often have no choices when it comes to medical interventions with no recourse for bodily harm. Cal will guide us through the quote-unquote path of honor as a spiritual journey that transcends all legal commercial process. This interview couldn't be more timely. And Cal's message could best be summarized in a simple truth. We do indeed have choice in all matters of our life, while our creator is the only true authority. Wow, well said, Bear Lando. How are you today? I'm doing great. And uh, Cal, uh, thanks so much for being here. It's really an honor to have you here today. And, and this is going to be a really lively discussion, I know. Uh, you know that intro, I did write that, and I hope I didn't put too many words in your mouth, but <laughs> that uh, was my own... Uh, you know, kind of take after listening to you and getting to know you a little bit from afar. So correct anything if I'm misrepresenting you. No, I was like, who wrote that? Like, (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to have that. Well, you know, when I listen, when I review your work and listen to you, you know, you you really, uh, I kind of relate to you as a kindred spirit. I think you're coming from it at it from a very similar perspective that I've reached after many years. You know, I started this journey in the mid seventies and uh, the circles that I traveled in, uh, most of those people are uh, dead. A few of them have actually been assassinated. Uh, Many of them are incarcerated to this day. I could uh, name a bunch of infamous uh, people that were my cohorts back in the day. And, uh, and then a few of them are actually still on the lam for the last 20 plus years. Uh, they knew enough how to disappear, but if they ever reappear, you know, they'll be nabbed. Um, you know, as I began this journey, uh, you know, my, my true vocation is medicine. And a lot of my clients, uh, you know, over the years had to endure me uh, lecturing them about these different redemption processes and things. And, you know, the people would say, well, what's this got to do with medicine? And I firmly believe that the moment we abrogate our life force to external authority at that same exact moment, uh, we cease to be, uh, cease to be self-correcting, self-maintaining biology. And, you know, in Chinese medicine, even we understand that we have energy reserves and those are to be used with our own will force for our own creative purposes and to maintain our health and, and the life that we want to lead. And when we have these, again, external authorities that are claiming power over us when they really want our life force and then when we actually give it to them and succumb to their will that has very heavy repercussions uh repercussions uh again just my belief system karmically uh health-wise in every facet of our life so when i was uh thinking about this uh program last night i just got together a few little show and tells, you know, because I did teach a few classes. I don't do anymore. It's been a long time, but I did teach classes in the old days about some of these processes. And, you know, it was very daunting for most people, you know, first off, here's my, you know, Black's uh, legal dictionary. You can see I've got just about every every page, uh, you know, tabbed and underlined. We've got, you know, approaches that took straight bookkeeping approaches, uh, you know, to challenge certain agencies, we'll say. 
um, you know, that's another whole facet. Then, of course, the, the real Bible, uh, as far as they're concerned, is the, is the uh, UCC, the Uniform Commercial Code. You can see I've done a little homework there and tabbed and memorized just about every page. Not trying to impress you here, but just to show that, you know, I kind of jumped in with both feet, bought the T-shirt, uh, you know, quantum language. I studied with uh, David Windmiller personally. Um, and then, uh, you know, the thing that I think most people fail to really get into is the Bible. And, and, and again, uh, you know, I have uh, the Bible tabbed as far as relevant um, information pertinent to legal processes, because I believe that was the original blueprint. So uh, after going through all this and, you know, um, excuse me, sorry, doing everything from, you know, birth certificate bonds, uh, indemnity bonds, um, UCC filings, <laughs> and you name it, uh, I came to the inescapable conclusion that the paperwork is only as good as you know how to enforce it which is why I read all that crap in the first place, because I really don't enjoy reading legal things. Uh, but, you know, I did necessarily. And the other, uh, you know, the next evolution in my own journey was to realize, well, this is really an inner game. It's knowing who you are and, you know, uh, drawing your line in the sand as far as, you know, where your world begins and then nobody unless they have your consent, is allowed to encroach upon that. And, uh, you know, I'll just finalize by saying I believe it's a very spiritual journey and has uh, great uh, repercussions and, you know, on that level. And for that reason, I believe that's probably the primary reason why anybody should look into getting to these processes in the first place. Now, I deliberately don't keep up with a lot of the, you know, the latest evolutions of the work, you know, that people like yourself are responsible for just because I don't have time these days. Uh, but I very much enjoy seeing your work out there because we used to have to go to, um, you know, private venues and, and we're, you know, brought in by the FBI and other, you know, uh, agencies periodically for daring to get the truth out. And now people like yourself are just getting it out on the internet, uh, you know, and it took us great pains and time to do that in the old days. So thank you for your efforts. And uh, I'll let you take it away from there and tell us, uh, you know, if our efforts in the old days paid off and, and I know you've taken it to another level. So that's what I want to hear about. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say it's another level, but, um, well, I guess maybe it is, but, um, yeah, I recognize some of that, some of that paperwork. I recognize those logos and everything. <laughs> that stuff's been around a while, and um, I'm aware of some of the, the original, um, you know, when you say redemption, I know who you're talking about there, and um, those words aren't used that much anymore, but um, that was the start of it. And uh, yeah, a lot of the pioneers paid paid dearly for for um, sort of pioneering that. And um, yeah, I just I you know I, I took a seminar and I was already embroiled in the in the court system and trying statutory arguments and you know the name game and all that stuff. And then when I put my first commercial instrument in, similar to some of the things I saw there the judge ran out of the room and that's, that was the, the, the beginning of the end. Uh, like that was the turning point. And um, 
So it was a couple of years of learning more and, and um, trying to understand it. Cause it is a bit confusing. And then um, just a lot of trial and error. And um, I was able to get free from the whole, from the whole thing. So um, where they just leave me alone, which was my goal. So then we, you know, flash forward, met Josh um, around that time as I was coming out of that, because the, the province here ended up owing me a large sum of money based on, a, on an instrument that they took. And, um, they, you know, he had to balance the books. And um, uh, so he heard about that and that's when I met him and then we became friends over the years and he did the smart meter movie, the Take Back Your Power. And as he was showing it, he found that a lot of people were coming out in a negative state uh, because he was showing something, you know, new information for them. And, and they all came out in a you know, gloom, doom, fear uh, state. And he, he, he had no, there was no solution for it. Like, what do we do? It was, you know, it, it wasn't enough just to show the problem. There had to be a solution. So he asked if there's something I could do with paperwork. And I looked at it and I, I could see it was all commercial. And therefore, yeah, I, I'm well versed in that, and I wouldn't say I'm the you know be all end all, but I I'm, you know I've been down the road a couple a couple of miles and and then back some and off on a couple of uh you know side gravel roads and you know so um, I I had an, I knew enough to, of what was going on there that it was a, a tacit agreement um, offer, and so I, I knew exactly what to do, and um, so I wrote a document and wrote it in such a way that um, I knew I wouldn't be able to educate people to get um, to understand their standing or get out of the system, uh, you know, doing exiting type strategies and all that. It's just too much. And um, so it's written as if you are in the box, don't know anything, got all your ID, pay your taxes, you know, vote, all, like everything doesn't, doesn't really matter. Um, you, you can be fully in, not even know that you're in, and this document will work. So that's what we need—a plug-and-play system. Because uh, especially these days, people don't have the time to digest all these materials that I just showed you, uh, and, and I don't blame them for not wanting to do that. And so it boils down to we're in a situation, I think, of two classes of people on the planet: those that want to be left alone, and those that don't want to leave you alone. <laughs> and I think that's the, the, you know, the situation we find ourselves in now. So uh, maybe you could start us off with some uh, baby steps as far as how to get there. And, uh, you, you know, and I know that's all well outlined on your website and you have, you know, that sort of information. So uh, if you could maybe, you know, start with that. Well, the document itself is based on um, it's based on, on a simple contract, and a simple contract has four elements. That's an offer. There has to be a meeting of the minds, uh, where you uh, disclose what it is you're selling or doing, and you know how much money it's going to cost. So it's uh, and all the all the issues. So you have to get full disclosure. That's the meeting of the minds. Then there has to be an acceptance of the offer. Somebody has to go. Yeah, I will accept that or I want, to, I want to take part in this contract and, and do this transaction. And then there has to be the actual exchange of the goods and the money and or um, performance on the, like if it's a, uh, like labor or something, you have to actually perform the, perform the, uh, the action. So it's just four elements is a simple contract. 
what they've done right now, the, you know, the ones that don't want to leave us alone, as was described, they are deploying weapons, but they're using commercial means. So it, in at power, we're dealing with four things. And that's the smart meters, 5G, um, force vaccinations, and the spraying in the air, geoengineering. So all of those things are being done by commercial entities. It's not, you know, an army from a country or something deploying these weapons. It's an actual uh, corporation. So it is, it is commercial in essence. And then they're putting out offers, everything, because I, I looked. And um, the, the offers are out there in, in the form of commercials and, uh, you know, announcements in magazines and on the internet, and et, et cetera. You know, 5G is this wonderful thing. You're going to be able to download, blah, 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 you know, on, on, and on. So you, that, those are the offers in the, in the contract. So you have to see them for what they are. And then if you don't, um, because they've turned you into a merchant with your birth certificate, if you don't respond, then you have responded. You have, you have assented to it. It's called tacit agreement. So that's the, that's the, the mechanism that they're using. It, the fact that you don't understand that you're a merchant isn't their problem. Like um, ignorance of the law is no excuse. So, and you, you engage in commerce all the time anyway. So um, that's what they've done. So they've, they put these things out there, even the vaccines, there's, there, you'll find, you know, I don't go looking for it, but I imagine there's ad, you know, advertisement and there's a lot of rhetoric on the, on the news about, you know, this is going to stop X and um, uh, that's the offer. Now, whether it does or doesn't, doesn't, doesn't matter. It, it's an offer and, and we are accepting it as a society right now, like, generally speaking. And so that's how they're, that's how they're getting us into this contract in order to have weapons that we have agreed to. And this goes up in the spiritual realm. So that they have to get our agreement. They can't just come in here and, and wipe us out. They'd love to, but they, they can't. So that's what's happening. I could see it because I've just been down that road enough, right? It's just really obvious to me. And um, so what we did is I see your offer. I conditionally accept your offer on the condition that you prove it's safe. And you can't prove a weapon is safe because it's not designed to be safe. So if you don't um, prove it safe, then and then you force me in, in some way to take this weapon or be around this weapon or have it in my vicinity, and vicinity is a very broad term, um, then I'm gonna charge you X amount of dollars per day. Do we have a deal? If you go silent, like you were just doing to me with the offers, then you have agreed to this contract. So that's the that's the simplest yeah, way to and describe in the old on. days. Go ahead. Yeah, we used to tell people the most important thing to do is to open your mail and answer it. And uh, I know back in the days, if I ever got a letter from an agency, I'd you know kind of stare at it on the kitchen table for a few weeks before I dared open it up because I didn't even want to see what was in it. <laughs> so um, it's important, uh, imperative to open those things up and answer everything. Otherwise, you are acquiescing. I agree. Yeah. So that's the premise of what we're doing. And we're doing it on those four uh, agendas only because they are worldwide and they're affecting everybody. 
and um, or you know they're trying to affect everybody and so everybody can relate to the one of those four things in some way uh, because it's uh, in your face so that's what we're doing in order to um, get a, uh, enough people that want to send this and we can bill the powers that be or the ones that won't leave us alone um, in mass based on their system yeah yeah, it's really is an opt-in slavery system, and and beyond even just understanding the the nature of commercial law and lost at sea maritime law and all that stuff. Even just in general day-to-day activity in our health, we opt in to buy the junk food. We opt in to um, consume the media they offer. Um, but on a on a grander scale, we opt in tacitly when we uh, look up at the sky and see the spraying and go, oh, well, that's a conspiracy theory. I'm not going to research that. Uh, meanwhile, um, people are, are suffering on the ground from it. We actually had Alana Freeland on the show last week, which was, I don't know if you're familiar with her work, Cal, but she's um, an investigative journalist and author who's done an amazing job of laying out the facts and reality of geoengineering, chemtrails and all that, and the um, all of the government and private uh, operations that have been going on for decades uh, and all of the different you know strategies and weaponization of the uh, of the atmosphere and what's this is a, an amazing follow up because that kind of gets dark right and like you were saying with Josh with the smart meter thing having that knowledge and information it's like wow that can be really overwhelming to people because then they see that okay I do see now that this is real. I do see that there's a problem. What the hell can I do? And that's what Empower is so amazing at what you guys are showing is that you have the power as a sovereign soul that is incarnated on this planet or born on this planet, however you want to see it spiritually, you have the power thanks to universal law, your universal rights to stand up for yourself and not be subjugated to these weapons as you know as rightfully they are so what in your mind is if somebody who's just really new to this what's the best way besides going to your website like in terms of understanding the first steps towards um i mean is there like the definitive thing to read or what to understand the ground the basis for all of this whether that be historically um, or not? Is there like a great resource for that? Because that's the number one question I get all the time. And I do believe what you guys are doing is important because it's, it's giving people a step-by-step action plan. But also, I do also believe they need, philosophically need to understand why this is and why this is set up this way so that they, I just feel like that's really important spiritually and, and, and philosophically so that they are, do feel that important empowered energy to go ahead and move forward with this process well it's um bear held up a book um it's the holy bible and and if you want to get this the summary of it or at least the um nuts and bolts of who you who we are here it's on page one and um a being named adam was created um, from the earth, so we have the same elements, etc. And God breathed into him, put his life force into that, uh, into that being. Then there was a cloning event, 
and there was the, the Eve, the female maid. So they were identical um, genetically. You know, they were different uh, genders, but they were um, of the same, same uh, genetic structure. And um, then when there was the two of them, he gave them dominion over the fish of the sea, the things that creeped on the, on the land and the birds of the air. So that is your air, land, sea jurisdictions. That's our claim. Mm -hmm. Now, they've vilified the Bible so you don't read it, so you don't see that and understand that that's, who, that's what you have. And then what to, to ratify this, you'll see um, even the President of the United States, um, when, he, when he takes office, or when he did take office, hand on the Bible, why is that? Queen Elizabeth, hand on the Bible. She got possessions, and I believe she got the whole thing, this whole structure uh, because it, there's wording in there and and if you understand the english language she was given certain uh territories and you know canada was one of them and then other territories which what does other mean so usually when they have words like that that are vague um it's <clears throat> it's bigger than what you think so she got all that territory uh and, but she has to uphold the bible so it's a contract yeah so that's our that's our standing uh, in in spiritual realms and in all things. As Bear said, the you know the laws, even the common law, are based on biblical law. So it all came from that. It's, that's our foundation, and that's why you see it in the court. Like if you go into a courtroom, you'll find a Bible. You go into a school, you won't. But when uh, at least Bear and I were kids, there was Bibles in schools, and we said the prayer. Lord's Prayer and, um, you know, other things. So it was part of your upbringing in, in public school. That's all gone, but it's still in the court. And the reason why is because it's always in evidence and they can't get it out of the court. So, um, Cal, since you brought up the story of Adam and Eve and, uh, you know, that the Bible tells us that Eve was created from a rib from Adam and and I happen to know that the rib is a very uh, rich source of genetic material used in genetic engineering to this day. Um, and, and you also mentioned cloning. So uh, do you have any um, understanding or anything you'd like to share as far as who's doing the cloning in the first place? Um, I don't know. Because it, it, it says um, that God did it and Adam was put into a deep sleep, which sounds like anesthetic like a full-on um, general anesthetic and um, and then a rib removed and then another being created from that. That's all, that's all it said. You know, there's a lot of interpretation that the Anunnaki made Adam and all that stuff. I don't, I don't believe any of that. Um, it's the breath. And had they, had they made uh, um, Adam, they wouldn't be trying like crazy to like to, to get to the bottom of the genetics. Like, why are you so like, just, you know, chomping at the bit to try and figure this being out. And then why are you doing CERN trying to get to the God particle? So they, it, it's not, they weren't the ones like they're, they're trying to make us believe that, but there, there is a, they're the, the absolute creator um, put himself here in the form of Adam. That's, that's my theory on it. And, um, uh, then the, then there was the cloning event. So the two genders are equal, literally, and we all descend from 
or at least the, that DNA strand, because I think there was other beings here and they still are here, but that DNA, um, that genetics, we all descend from that. We are all one, literally. Like, I think you understand more than I do how I, I have children. So I, I know that, you know, that is me right there. And I am my, my parents. And therefore, we are all literally one thing, right? Descending from one man and one woman who are identical as well. Mm -hmm. So I've heard you mention before on some of your talks about being, so you're not suggesting uh, some malevolent force of Anunnaki's or something, but you know, maybe beings in higher spiritual realms. Well, there, there are beings in the spiritual realm, but there were, um, if you read the book of Enoch, which was in the Bible originally and taken out, that will give you uh, explicit description of what happened a long time ago. And, and in Genesis 6, which is still the first book, but not page one, um, there, there's just one verse where they're, where they, um, or maybe it's two verses, but uh, one account of, of what happened a long time ago. And there was this interbreeding between species, put it that way. Um, the Nephilim. The Nephilim, yeah. The Nephilim were born then. So that's, the descendants of those events are the ones who won't leave us alone. That's my theory on it. And everything plays out that way. Um, they have become the Royals, the elite, the blue bloods, the banking families, that kind of thing. And they, you'll, you'll notice that they are very um, touchy or careful about their breeding. Like they, 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 they don't, um, they don't breed out. They stay within their, um, their, their, it the looks like they're, just, are very important. yeah, they're very, they're very touchy about their bloodlines. And, um, it, it may look like it's just about a, you know, a caste thing or, uh, you know, uh, class thing, but it's, it's actual breeding. It, it, like they are, they're trying to keep that, that genetics, uh, intact. And that this is interesting now that we're seeing this mRNA vaccine coming out that's really being forced on the population with, with zero long-term testing. Six people just perished uh, uh, with the initial rollout uh, and some other testing. There's people coming up with all sorts of maladies and yet they're still pushing it out and mainstream is all behind it. The mainstream media, the mainstream scientism, um, politics. And it is interesting how it's it's going directly into the mass population's genetics and altering it in like this chimera-like thing with uh, foreign DNA. And so we know they're obsessed with genetics. Uh, those, when we say they, those, the power elite, the globalists, whatever you want to call them, this is, this is in fact obvious to anybody who reads their literature. It's there out in the open now for anybody who thinks this is still conspiracy theory. This is not, this is <laughs> conspiracy fact. So it does make sense more than ever for us to go back and read these documents. The, the Book of Enoch, I love the Emerald Tablets, um, the Gospel of uh, St. Thomas. or Thomas. Um, there's a lot of books that were pulled and stripped out of the Bible, as you say, when uh, the Roman Catholic Church was founded, which, was, which is funny. They integrated a lot of the Roman um, uh, you know, ideas into Christianity. Uh, this is why I love Gnosticism as well and going back to really what 
Jesus's real words were and all this. It's important more than ever for us to, to really dive into this stuff. Marty Leeds is really good at this, if you know Marty. Uh, and because we need to come to a better understanding of where we come from, because that is where our power resides. And as you mentioned this with the Bible, I don't know, we call that ecclesiastic law. Was that would really kind of, um, so would you, I think it's important to understand this because those in power use this to their benefit, right? They use this as the foundation of commerce. Uh, and so it's important that we know these rules so that we can play within them and beat them at their own game. Uh, so in your mind, Cal, what is the most superseding law? Would you call that universal law? Would you call that natural law? Would you call that ecclesiastic law? Or does it not even matter? Well, there's uh, what I call, like there's hierarchies of jurisdictions and I don't know them all because I actually, I, my theory is that they're infinite. Like there is no um, end to it. Mm. Um, but in man's law, it starts um, as far as the, you know, law of the jungle, forget that one, but the statutory um, law jurisdiction is the lowest. Then um, on top of that is common law and common law and law merchant are fused together. And um, then you move into, into spiritual type laws. And that's where the Bible comes in. That's the interface between the two worlds or the two dimensions or however this works. Right. And we're not given all the information, but it's, it's clear there's enough there's enough information in the bible just enough uh i think there was agreements on what could be what was allowed to, what we were allowed to see and that's why some of the books were taken out um and then the book of enoch has resurfaced towards the end here so we can get you know a little bit more information but as you said with the with when you see the um obsession with genetics and then you read the book of enoch you'll go uh you know this has happened before and <laughs> it's just repeating. And then Yeshua said the same thing, you know, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the end. And at the, the time of Noah is when they were doing all this stuff and it was uh, total mayhem. So they are trying to change the DNA of the Adam being. And, um, uh, and, and, or eliminate uh, a lot of, a lot of that being. So it's, um, that's the goal. And they're, they're pushing really, really hard and, and getting very aggressive and getting sloppy. Uh, and that's going to be their downfall. I, I think they're, they're really desperate. They're running out of time. They got the wrong guy in, in the one country that can, that you can actually hold a defense for. Them. You know, as I was reading, because we're in 17 countries, I've had to, I've had to go and, and start to study each country and you start reading some of the, foundational documents of these places and it's like what is this like how did you how are you even operating and um but the united states is absolutely unique in the world with that constitution and um uh it's like they knew we needed this country for this time it, it's it's as you know it's like wow they had that in there and um so the United States is the place where you could mount a defense against this worldwide thing. And uh, I think wrong president got in a couple of years ago and that's thrown a wrench into their works. That's why the thing is kind of stumbling and they're, they're pushing really hard to keep it going. Uh, yeah. It, go ahead, Mike. I was just going to say uh, on the U S side, we've had this discussion before with Tom Barnett, Mark, 
Patelic, uh, that you, the U.S. is unique and that we have a dual, still have a two-sided two reality where we, we have, of course, what every country has now, which is the incorporated nation's you know, uh, entity, which I guess has changed every 70 years. I don't know what the years are, 60 years, according to the original contract they had with England. And we can get into that and trust law and all that. But also, we still have the ability to be sovereign here. Uh, as Bear can attest to, and I don't, I think the United States of America is um, the only place in the world where you can do that, if I'm correct. I think so. Um, Canada is a, is a mess, but um, so the indigenous people have most, they have the strongest position as far as, you know, if, if, the, if it pushed came to shove, but the United States is unique in in that that constitution and um, and all the th all the things that go along with it are amazing that you can you could mount a defense on from and that's what the empower is based in the United States and and you know as I got into this it turns out that's probably the best place that that it could possibly be and um, we're doing everything in American dollars as well. So that brings it into U.S. jurisdiction. So all these things um, that I'd kind of learned and we just did are all, it's like who thought of all this and now it's all coming together, right? And uh, it's, a, it's really amazing to be a part of what's going on here because there's a, there's a really high intelligence that's, um, that is making massive chess moves and it's incredible to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And I've been convinced, more than convinced for a very long time that it's a race to change the, the human genome. And of course, that's where vaccines come in. And that brings me back to a question about process. So um, as we learn how to not give our consent <clears throat> for some of these things like vaccines, how important is it to dissolve the nexus that we've created between ourselves and their authority all the way down the line? Uh, so what I'm asking is, is it possible to, uh, you know, refrain from consenting for, say, vaccines, but still uh, be in agreement to all the terms uh, and conditions of all the other contracts that start with, you know, birth certificate, um, uh, you know, voting registration, uh, driver's license, banking accounts, you know, some people would suggest, well, if you're in on any of those, they've got you because it all goes back to the same source. Or is it possible for people to live within the system, have those pieces of paper so they don't get beat up on the side of the road or tased or something, and uh, but then, you know, still claim uh, the ability to not consent for other things. Absolutely. And th this is the thing that they, they have an Achilles heel because they, they've moved, they're, they're deploying weapons using commercial means. Now this may sound brilliant and it would have been brilliant, except a guy like me can see it. <laughs> they weren't counting on that. So th they've left themselves wide open. So you can be a merchant. You can be totally immersed in the system that they, they, they imposed on you without your knowledge. You can be absolutely in the box and you can make a move like I conditionally accept your vaccine upon you proving that it's safe. 
you got 14 days to prove it safe. If you can't prove it safe, and then you, you uh, try and vaccinate me or anybody in my in direct or indirect care, that's how we wrote it. So you decide what, who is in your direct or indirect care and what care means. We have a clause in there that says all words are as the claimant understands them. And they, they, you know, in any contract, they could cross that line out, but they don't. So that's how it goes. All words are defined by the claimant. So anybody in my indirect or direct care that you vaccinate, I'm going to charge you X amount of dollars per day. And just mm -hmm. so you know, go and read the acts about the non-liability, you know, the, 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 the exempt, you know, exemption for, from liability. It is within a state or federal court only. So yeah, they're, they're safe from lawsuits, but not from a uh, contract, commercial contract in the private. So what you're talking about is a notice of liability is one strategy here, where you yeah. could, if you have a despot who's trying to enforce uh, one of these weapons upon you and you've already shown that you do not consent and you've gone through those processes and they still try to force it on, then, then that is breach of contract and you can um, basically uh, take them personally uh, to task on that. It's not breach of contract. It's ratifying the contract. They are performing on the contract. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you owe me X, X amount of dollars per day. Got it. And if you understand their system and um, the reason why they can do anything is because of this idea of money. So without it, it, this isn't happening. So they have to have money. And, and spiritually speaking, we captured it all and they tried doing timeline jumps and we captured it all. Um, so we're going to bill, I'm just going to say it, we're going to bill all the money. Say, say that again, Cal. We're going to bill all of the, the money, all of the money that the so-called elite banking families have. Fantastic. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I mean, so, when, <laughs> go ahead, Bear. No, I was going to just ask Alf, could you elaborate a little bit more on, on how that would take place and what that actually means? Uh, I, I'm following the gist, but I, maybe some of our audience doesn't. Yeah, I think you get it. And, and it is, you know, it's, it's a deep subject, but because of uh, Law Merchant and the, the, uh, um, a document called a Bill of Exchange, a bill of exchange, a cut to the chase, a bill of exchange is money. It equals money. They are, they are identical. So um, that's, you have to get your head around that because it just, it's, it's a bit out there. And I'm not saying I agree with all any of this stuff. I just know how it works. And this is how they're doing it. This is how they've amassed so much wealth. So just understand that I'm not agreeing with this. This is just how it works. So, a bill of exchange equals money. Therefore, if you have a contract and you have a bill and bill has to have um, a, a date, a some certain, who owes who, or like who, who's the, who owes something and who's the recipient of that, um, that debt, and then a signature, that becomes money. That That's piece because, of paper. yeah, they, they re reside in the debt system. They, debt is 
the whole basis for value. So that makes total sense. I mean, if you yes. look at if you look at a fiat um, piece of paper here, I mean, it says this note is legal tender for all debts, public and private. So yes. that is the basis for their monetary reality that they have enforced upon us through commerce. Yeah. So anybody that has a bunch of those pieces of paper has a bunch of money. So now just extrapolate this out. You're putting weapons up here. And if you put them near me, I'm charging you daily. Ding, ding, pieces of paper. According to your system, money is a piling up on my desk. Interesting. You know, yeah. uh, one thing, Bear, uh, we, could, we could extrapolate this farther and even develop a blockchain process and flip this on its head so that we could actually have a ledger showing that, uh, that publicly is an agreement upon all of those of us who create our own trust or create our own um, organization that all come into agreement that this is true and then we could all be billing them together. That's <laughs> and, exactly, that is exactly what we're doing. Beautiful. So we're going to be recording all of this and just like Bear will understand this, but everybody holds their own paper. So they're the holder and it's not in due course because it's their own paper, but everybody holds their own paper. It's the, the paper does not transfer to me or anybody else. We decentralize that. And, and most people won't understand the, even the ramifications of it. Cause I could have said, send the paper to me and you know, you don't know how that would work, but most people wouldn't even, so we are telling people, hold your own paper and, and hold it you know, carefully. We will record it and we will have validation from, from, the, from the post office that the, the mail was sent, the bill was sent, the, the, the documents were sent. Post office, that brings in that jurisdiction. Uh, we use notaries, that brings in that jurisdiction. It's like, we're putting their, we're putting their stuff right like bang. And we're using people who they turned into merchants and, and are uneducated. And how do you like us now? Wow. Yeah. An important um, part in my development, you know, one of my early teachers was uh, Tom Schaff and he wrote this book. I don't know if you ever saw it, but uh, he's an accountant. Let me just say that for uh, those, those listening, it's called The American Voters Versus the Banking System, The Technical Guide to America's Hope, Volume 2. I will throw that in the show notes. Go ahead, Bear. Yeah, so, um, you know, he, and based on this work, uh, we actually challenged a lot of agencies in the old days with just uh, basic accounting principles. And I think if more people... Uh, understood the basic ledger sheet. You know, for instance, if we go in and, and get a loan, uh, allegedly, because banks don't have any money to loan in the first place, money is a misnomer. And then that goes on, you know, the right side of the ledger as a credit for the bank that routes through the, you know, the clearinghouse of the Federal Reserve, then they create a debt instrument by way of uh, securities uh, exchange and then that routes back to the original bank and that goes on the left side and they're supposed to be responsible for taking care of that debt with their fiat system but of course they stiff us with it and uh, you know so yeah there could be no so-called money in the first place unless we agreed to sign as sentient beings to create that 
energy that only a sentient being can produce in the first place to create an asset for the system. So we really are being farmed for our energy uh, because we're just talking about energy exchange. And I think it's also curious, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe doesn't the, uh, the Hebrew uh, word for um, sin, doesn't it translate loosely into debt? Yeah. And if Jesus did in fact die for our sins, maybe uh, they were talking about this stuff a long time ago. Yes, they were. It, it, uh, the Bible and, and commerce are mirror images of each other. And just so you know, in Revelation 18, um, verse 6, it says, take the cup that she's been giving you. And when I say she, that is the commercial system called Babylon in the Bible. Take the cup, fill it double, hand it back. In other words, use their system against them. That's the command. And then, and then the rest of the chapter shows how it will fall. And so that's what we're doing. We're just following that command, and then it'll be what it'll be. And, um, and I'm excited because we're coming out of this and we're coming out victorious. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah there, there's a much bigger game and a much higher intelligence and these guys are not in charge. And, <laughs> you know, that's the main message that we try to get across to people is, you know, not only should we not be in fear of the so-called powers that be, but uh, really see them for who they are. And their time is very short, you know, uh, for what they've been pulling off now. Yeah, my analogy is it's a chicken with its head cut off, and um, just running around. There's blood everywhere, and it's you know mayhem and scary looking. And um, and if you've never seen a chicken with its head cut off before, you would think you can't kill a chicken. That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, I see that a lot. With uh, I mean, we have chickens here, and actually with a snake too. They got into a snake and it ripped its head off, and it was going like nuts. And I almost feel like that's a better analogy because we're dealing with snakes in the hen house. Um, but yeah, Cal. So moving forward on this, um, what is your opinion on citizenship? And you know, is this a thing that keeps us aboard the ship sailing? Uh, it's a great question coming from the chat here. Uh, and do we denounce that? Do we, like in, a, in the U.S., we can have what's called, you know, your state sovereignty. Uh, is this something that is worth trying to develop if you are in the U.S.? And uh, what we call this is your status correction, right? It's a, there's a big thing happening right now in this movement with people moving towards that. Is it too late to even bother doing that? Does it not even matter? Like we said, you can kind of exist in both jurisdictions anyways, or is this something worth exploring still? I think it is. Um, I've looked at it a bit and, and we want to, at Empower, once, we, once we're up and fully um, operational, we want to offer people to know how to teach this to our members. And that will be, because we're, we're doing a membership, um, like a membership fee, a very small amount per month. And that would help to fund other people to come in and teach whatever they teach so that everybody can go down whatever rabbit hole they want to go down and have somebody that's been down that rabbit hole to, to guide them that's you know vetted so uh, i think that from what i've seen um there's been some really good results in people um doing getting into the state um status in the united states um i'm fully out as as out as you can be and live in a large city but um it's not convenient <laughs> um like i don't have a bank account i don't have a driver's license um you know, I have a post office box. 
because I can't use the address I'm in. Not that that I'm hiding. It's not like that. It's more, I I, I can't have those ties. I can't have those benefits um, because of what I went through. And, um, but it's not a convenient life. I think Bear was talking about that or one of you, you know, it's not that, it's not that uh, there's, there's a downside to it. Like it's not convenient. So, well, I think um, the time of convenience is kind of going away right now because they're literally saying in their own literature and on the media that you will be a second class citizen if you do not get vaccinated. I mean, that rhetoric is everywhere right now, especially in the EU and the UK. Uh, you just had a, a French minister or, or one of their lead doctors say that if you do not get the vaccine, you will be forced into a second class citizenship. You will not be able to travel. You will not be able to engage in commerce, uh, have a bank account. So it's kind of funny how they're forcing that hand anyways. And for me, it's like, sweet. I, I just want to like be engaging with cryptos, Bitcoin, gold, silver. I want to be growing my own food, having our own co-ops. I don't want to ingest their media. I don't want to go to eat their Franken foods. I don't want to be involved with that system anyways. So it is an interesting time, right? Because it's like they're forcing that hand anyways in a weird way. It is like it's um, they're creating their own mess and God has, there's a verse in the Bible about how God takes something that was meant for bad and turns it into something good. And and this is happening all all over the place. And um, you know, when we, when we start building their, their system and um, you know, amassing that kind of wealth as a, as a group worldwide, um, we can turn our backs on them. And so, it, it, like you said, it, they're kind of pushing us away and that may be their downfall where, okay, well, who have you got to, who are your slaves now? Because we're all over here. You pushed us all away. And, and, and you know, being an airline executive, if, if, I, if, my, if my bottom line is going down because everybody's over there. Uh, well, I think I'm going to leave and go over there too. Like the, it, it, it's just, that's how it's going to go. Yeah, and the big problem they're going to have is when a lot of their agents and law enforcement, you know, the, the gatekeepers, when they are, and they're starting to wake up a lot of them now. I know folks personally, you know, we have the sheriff that lives right up the road from us. And, uh, you know, they're, they're really about protecting our rights, at least locally where we live. Now, we're in a rural area. Uh, but uh, when they wake up in greater numbers and no longer enforce, you know, these, uh, these legal statutes against us, then I don't see how it can go any other way but in our favor. Um, you know, I think the, the biggest detriment we have right now is a certain part of the population really buys into it mm-hmm. and they're just kind of hopelessly brainwashed. But I believe the other thing we have to realize is there's not that many of them. Uh, the silent majority is still a majority yeah. and uh, a lot of the majority is no longer willing to be silent. Yeah. So going back to my earlier question, since most of this is about a trust formation of some one way or the other, starting with our birth certificate and, and tell me your take if it's different. Um, is it possible to remain in a position in that trust, uh, you know, so that you have more the directing that, you know, the trustee role 
so that you're not subject to the penalties that they try to impose on us when they, you know, are constantly trying to make us the, you know, the surety for their debt. Um, is it possible to, you know, have their licenses and things and just uh, create a situation where our relationship is not incumbent upon, uh, you know, it's just like the elites, of course, they don't, they are not beholden to the rules that they make. No. So can we create that same status or do you think it's important that we go through a status correction in order to be squeaky clean? Well, you can do either one. Um, like a status correction and or exiting is one thing. Like I said, it's not convenient. Um, trust, you have to, you know, you have to, there's a bit of education there and that's a lot of people just don't want to put the time in. So um, like, like I said, what, what I, what we've done is um, it's with the assumption that everybody's in the box and doesn't even understand there is a box, let alone, you know, trying to get out of it. So that's what we're doing just so that it's available to everybody. But we do want to have, we're, we're working with a, actually a, some people here locally who seem to have um, the, the uh, family trust thing down um, for the, for at least for the Commonwealth countries and the United States. And um, so that will be offered to our members, like, so that anybody that wants to go down that road, but it is, um, it's not like just fill in the dots. Like you, you have to be educated and, and, you know, they'll provide the education, but you've got to actually go through it and um, understand it because it's not a, I think it was said at the beginning, you know, paperwork is one thing, but it's, it's really, you got to know what's going on and be able to hold that, um, that reality. And the paperwork is just a reflection of it so that you're, in, you know, informing others like this is, this is where I am right here. This is my bubble, like get, like stay over there, please. You know, not even please, like definitely stay over there. And, um, but if you don't understand that bubble, and they poke at it and there's nothing there, then they're going to, you know, they'll just start to railroad you again. This is a yeah. uh, fantastic book that I recently purchased. It's uh, Be the One to Execute Your Trust by David Robinson, if you're familiar with this. Um, but this is a, one I recommend. It's an easy read and something I need to go through again. And probably what I'll do is we'll upload this. I'll hit up David, but uh, maybe we can do this as a PDF to our community. But um, yeah, super important, I think, moving forward that people understand how the trusts work and how we can uh, create them ourselves so that we can be empowered more. So anyways, I really uh, enjoyed that book. Yeah, I mean, I think we're, we're in for a, a full system overhaul and I don't think we're going to need trust because trusts mm. um, are only because there's something that's not trustworthy that you need to, you know. Sure. You know, just think about it just simply not you don't have to get into the nuts and bolts of it but that's the reason why you have to have these trusts um because there's something that's not trustworthy um we're i think most people and, and then you know i'm generalizing i think most people generally conduct themselves honestly and we're, nobody's perfect but we're not um there's an element and it's very few of them that, that have this sort of criminal mind and um but by and large you know the population in all countries, we all just want to get along and, and um, we have this inherent sort of respect for each other, um, you know, to varying degrees, but we don't really need 
government and laws. We would, we would conduct ourselves this way anyway. We wouldn't have this mayhem. We wouldn't just, you know, oh, now I'm going to start killing people. It's just not in us. And uh, there is that element, you know, there's a, the few and they can incite a riot because we do have a, you know, a global mind. And that's what's happening now is that they've, they've um, activated that global mind with this pandemic. And I'll tell you how they did it too, is with toilet paper. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> real quick on the trust thing. That is, you know, you were right. You're dead right. And we know it goes back all the way to Roman times where they really brought the trust in. But you're right. You're kind of capitulating to the system, right? Yeah. When you agree to work with that. And that's why I love Bitcoin, because Bitcoin is trustless. And that's what is really important is understanding the natural law of mankind, as you so rightly say, and it, they've twisted it. They made it sound like we're all immoral and selfish. That's what the Keynesian economics economists said, said that mankind is inherently selfish and will always um, rise to doing what's most selfish for them and will rob their neighbor if they can. And they've like somehow manipulated with this like postmodern neoliberalist idea that humans are just all for themselves and will fight and, uh, and, and create disharmony whenever they can. So we need the super state corporate structure to create the balance when in fact that's inverted. And mankind is inherently peaceful and wants to just live in harmony. I truly believe that too. And that's where it goes back to the Bible and all that. So that being said, spot on, Cal, for, for saying that. Because I'm, as a, someone who's more of an anarchist and believes in, in true crypto because of that, um, I feel like that's the future, that we need to have more faith and trust in our, in our, um, in our neighbor. Yeah, in the Book and of Enoch, when you read that story um, or that book, you can see that they, we were taught all these things. We were taught metallurgy. We were taught um, uh, how to make weapons and war and all that stuff. It's something like soldiers that, you know, I've never been a soldier, but you know, my dad was, they have to really kind of brainwash you in order to, to become a soldier. Like you, you don't just, <laughs> very few people can just all of a sudden, you know, kill another person. Like you have to, they have to actually, make you believe in this and um and so we, we we don't inherently want to do that we're we are inherently peaceful and and we were taught certain things and therefore now we need to be have a babysitter and that's and they took on that role that from a long time ago this genetic thing they feel themselves to be better than the the um descendants of adam um they feel themselves elite because they have this extra breeding going on. And that's what this all comes down to. And anarchy uh, does not at all mean chaos and, you know, mob rule. We've, we've been taught that, of course. And, of course, everything they don't want us to understand, they demonize or invert in some, some way or the other. Anarchy is just, again, not capitulating to an external authority. And in fact, anarchy, I believe, is the ultimate, uh, you know, self-governance that this um, country was originally founded upon. And self-governance, going back to some of your comments about, well, maybe self-governing isn't as convenient. It does take a little bit of effort, but I would really uh, tell anybody who hasn't delved into it deeply that 
learning this information is very rewarding. It may seem dry, but when you really understand what's at stake and what it means, it's more than worth the effort because most people now are operating under these just kind of vague fears and anxieties uh, and a lot of it coming from government abuse. But, you know, of course, who am I to fight City Hall? But when you realize the truth, you understand that, no, nobody really does have authority. There are choices to be made. There is remedy. And uh, I think the more you understand that, then a lot of times, in my experience, you don't even need uh, a lot of the processes in the first place. You almost become uh, somewhat invisible to the system. That's been my experience. I've stopped fighting them a long time ago. Yeah, that's uh, an interesting idea there. The idea of the gray man, or we talk about putting a, a shell of protection around you energetically when you go out into the Karen world, into the mask world. Um, and that's so true. Um, are you guys familiar with the ash experiment? The idea of group conformity, it's a famous experiment that was done in the 70s, I believe, where they have an individual with a group of people who are all uh, looking at different lines, uh, lengths, and um, there's, they're all in on it except for one person. And so when they ask how, you know, what length of a line is, is matching the, you know, the one that's, they have one line and they have three different ones and they say, tell us which one's matching in the length. And they, all of the people say the wrong one. And the guy's like, no, it's number two. And then uh, even just on the second time around, he goes with the wrong line because he wants to be in with, uh, you know, conform. And we are social animals. We are, uh, that's how we're built. It's our power is that we have an energetic connection with each of our brothers and sisters. And they are so brilliant, the social engineers and the controllers, like the mask thing. That's why it's like so important for me to stand up with the mask thing, because that is just a, another social experiment for conformity to get people in line so that they can slowly march themselves towards next the tracing app. Then after the tracing app, it's the vaccine. And after that, it's the passports. And then before you know it, you're truly locked into um, a, a, the new commercial zone that is the plan of Agenda 20. 21 agenda 2030 uh the great reset the fourth uh you know um revolution and uh of you know they talk about like schwab and all those uh, world economic forum folks talk about which is this virtual reality world where you're not based in nature anymore you are doing commerce virtually um and uh basically having your loosh your energy farmed that way i.e the matrix that is that what in their minds is the future. But as you say, Cal, they're, it's like they're running out of time. They're like pushing it. Usually they're so confident and calm in their ability to slowly bring that process to fruition over generations and generations because they know their bloodlines are intact and they can, their grandkids will maybe see that. They're usually not in a rush, but for some reason they're really in a rush right now. So I don't know if this has to do with the great conjunction and the spiritual evolvement coming from this new age we're going into, which many will say December 21st is a really, really important date. Um, some say that is actually the real Mayan calendar. That really is the 2012 um, initiation into the age of Aquarius, that there is this massive awakening happening. And maybe that's why there's this rush to get the vaccines out right now, to get as many people's DNA altered as they can. Um, it's just really fascinating times, man. 
Yeah, it really is. Um, and you know, the, the whole group mind—it's—it's it's an actual flocking. Uh, we 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 flock just like birds or um, other flocking species. And and if you're near the flock or the, or if, if you're susceptible, if you're exposed to the flock, that flocking mind takes over, and that's what they've created with the with the toilet paper. Because they've done many um, pandemics before, H1N1 and, you know, others. And, and we kind of look at it for a second and then uh, go right back to our, what we were doing. But the toilet paper made everybody pay attention for at, at least a couple of weeks and maybe even longer. And that's how they did it. Because everybody got affected by the toilet paper. Not the, <laughs> And then the toilet paper is not an issue anymore, but it made everybody focus. We all came to like there's a problem here and um and it's affecting me and it's still affecting me today tomorrow like we it, that's how they did it that was the mechanism but that said that that thing is activated and they still have it activated with the mass but that thing can turn just like a flock of birds it's going in one direction and if uh, if it gets a message to go over here you can it, it, it the whole thing could easily flip so just be aware of that as well. It's the, the 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 thing is activated, but it's just needs the, a different message, and all of a sudden it'll it'll jump. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. With our community, we see that in some ways the ash experiment flips, where, and I'm seeing this oftentimes in the alternative uh, health sovereign kind of freedom movement is that in a way we play into our own fears, like with the, the vaccine right now, that everyone now thinks it's all coming to us. And, and it's like the flip side of that. Now everybody's in total fear that we're all gonna get jabbed. And it's funny, I, what I love is my wife, she's a nurse here at the hospital uh, in our community, and she's a charge nurse. She's, she's actually leading the charge for unionization. She's very active, um, God bless her. And what's funny is I, like last night, I was saying to her, I'm, you know, I'm really getting concerned. You better not take this vaccine. You better not get the test too, because we've heard there's nanogels on the swab for the PCR test. She's like, Mike, one, the swabs that we use are just regular old swabs. Like they, we use for every, all different things. So that conspiracy theory, at least for us in our hospital is maybe at the, at Walgreens and stuff, the, the test kits that might be different, but She's like, I've never, I haven't taken the test. I don't need to take the test. There's no pressure to take the test. It's optional here. Furthermore, they've only had 25 of the vaccines, the Pfizer vaccines ordered because that's all, it, it's an opt-in at, at their hospital. Um, there's no pressure, stress, uh, pressure or stress by their um, people at the top to do this. So it, oftentimes we got to step back and also think the number one objective here is farming our louche, farming our, our energy at all times through fear. And so it's important on our end to not fall into the conformity of thought and fear thinking this and really just always stay as rational and, and have as much common sense as we can and live our life in a happy way and not get on the flip side so pulled in to the fear, right? Because we can do that to ourselves. Um, and that's what's so cool about the in-power stuff that what you're doing is it's just very much like this is the deal. This is, you could do your non-consent, get that paperwork out, and then move on with your life. You don't need to be obsessed with this stuff. We can still, you know, live our lives and enjoy our, our, our time on this planet and not let it dominate our day-to-day, -day, you know, uh, thoughts and feelings because that in turn will make us sick and it'll be a self-serving uh, deal for them to begin with, you know? 
Yeah, I agree. And, and we, uh, you know, I, me personally, I'm already living in the, in the, like this is all done and, and, you know, so I'm preparing for the, as if, you know, like when you're going to go on a holiday and, and, you know, you, you're still at work, but it's, you know, like, oh, okay, but, but, you know, three days, it's going to be, it's like that. I, and you're going to be in Mexico instead of, you know, in the winter here or whatever it is. It's like, uh, that's how I'm living. I'm already at moved into the new thing uh, personally, and I'm preparing for it and living as if it's going to happen. Um, and it's not wishful thinking. It, it is how it, how I, conducting myself and it is real and I've been down this road a few times so um this is we are going to come out of this and we're going to come out victorious it's not going to be sort of you know narrowly escaping it's going to be a glorious kind of uh uh you know switch to the new thing you know we're, we're talking about timelines and I think it's important to understand that there's larger timelines that have to do with the concept of time. And I remember way back in uh, catechism when I was in grade school, you know, it just, my ears perked up when they started talking about the end times and, and all the things surrounding that. Now, I personally don't believe the end times are Armageddon, but just literally the end of the concept of time. And just with uh, a little bit of understanding waveform physics, it's, it, you, you can appreciate more fully that time is a concept and it's this construct that's part of the Maya that's, you know, everything that we're talking about to bring us out of the present and, you know, have our, because we can only be afraid if you think about it, if we're either dragging along the past or projecting into the future. If we stop doing those two things, it's impossible to be afraid about anything. I mean, how could you be? You're just right there and everything's fine. So as the larger patterns, we'll say universal patterns, um, are, you know, well into motion and they're going along with or without us, you know, we do have the ability right now to draft into where those larger patterns are taking us or to, you know, uh, stay kicking and screaming into the old paradigm which of course is all based on taking us out of the present and living in a fear-based reality. So, um, you know, that, that's where, again, going back to where the processes were valuable to me is you, you go through all those necessary stages of development, come out of the fear, come out of the anger, and then, you know, find yourself in present and say, well, what's the worst thing they can do to me? And, uh, you know, so, 2020, you know, Agenda 20 is happening right now as we knew it would be years ago. And now, of course, Agenda 30 is the next phase of their operation that, you know, is this whole AI, you know, genetic modification and things, but it's not happening. So um, anyway, that's my two bits worth uh, I, on that. I, I do have a question back to the billing uh, idea, because this is now my mind's just going crazy on this. I, and I'm going to definitely dive more into this. <laughs> Um, because I, I actually did a talk, I'm developing a holistic economy idea that is the concept for after all this, like what could work better, right? And it's based on deflationary currency stuff that's based on cooperation and collaboration, the gifting economy, give more and you'll get way more back kind of a lot of really interesting ideas. Um, but how well, you're saying you're billing, we're billing them for this how do right now how would and you say we're going to have all this money to do stuff how do we convert that into an actual 
um, usable currency. Uh, is that something working within fiat then you're saying um, in the debt system? Or is this some way where we build consensus on this and we create our own currency based off that valuation? I'm just trying to wrap my head still around how that can work in like day-to-day -day commerce and in interpersonal private commerce amongst, let's say, those who understand that we have done this billing and that we have this value now. That makes sense. Well, I'm just, I'm just going to, what we're trying to do is just create that potential and create that um, the actual, um, the actual thing, like where we, we have this. Um, at, and from my experience, you can plan all kinds of things and then they make a move and now you got to go over here, right? So yep. it's, we're just creating the potential for, for whatever um, the consensus or actually whatever God decides, that's, that's how I look at it. And um, so it, it, right now, the, the thing that I would want to do or the, that I have in my mind is to redistribute that amongst um, those that, that did the paperwork. So, and that would be using a, uh, uh, whatever is available technologically at that time. Now, another thing that could happen is um, depending on who is running the United States at that time, because this is in the United States dollars, all of that, the whole thing comes under um, U.S. jurisdiction and they can, they can do enforcement. So um, there are some, there's a lot of scenarios that can happen. We can do liens, um, which, you know, throws a wrench into the thing, but, you know, you got to be able to defend the liens somewhat depending on how many people we have. And so it's all, um, it's all uh, potentials. And I'm one of the guys that can see, um, I'm one of those, I'm just one of those small pretentious people. I can see a lot of potentials and I can instantly go far, quite far down each one of them and, 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 um, and um, hold that. And so I'm seeing what's, what we're doing. It has potential to do whatever, depending on what happened at that at any time, we can go this way, that way, that way, that way. Yeah. Um, and I think it's important while we're saying that, you know, we're getting out of it and people are waking up and there's going to be this, we have all these wonderful um, tools that are on our belt. Things are still probably going to get pretty rough for a bit. I mean, I, that's personally how I see it. I see that no matter what, there's a, you know, Klaus Schwab, this guy's saying now that the next thing is this pandemic of, uh, you know, an internet virus or something. And we, now we just saw this hack that's now already started. And it's almost seeing, seeming like it's like round two now of a, a new pandemic, like we saw with Wuhan right around this time last year. And already I was raising the alarm right when I was watching the Wuhan stuff last year. It looked like an operation, people falling over in the streets. It made no sense. Nobody was dying in Shanghai or Beijing, but for some reason, Wuhan was the place. And this is such a virulent, you know, this virus is supposed to be so contagious. Why are not the 20, you know, million or however people are in Shanghai, how come like five died? And, yeah. and then, you know, so that was like a 5G operation or something. Yeah. They were poisoning their own people. They're, you know, China is controlled and co-opted by these, these psychopaths. This is, that's the model that they want for the future. And so that's why they're back to business. And, you know, and so um, where the Western countries that are, have uh, still liberty in, in mind um, are the ones under attack. So that being said, we do stress that it's important to have some, some backup plans. Um, now you're in the city. Do you have any, 
for you a bug out place or anything like that? Or you just denied that reality altogether in your life and you're going to, you see that as not something that's important to have the ability to go be at a place that's kind of away from the cities and uh, where you can have at least some food stash and water and, and all that. Or is that just not something that's playing into your reality, Cal? No, I don't have a, I don't have a place to go. I do have um, food here for, you know, a few, few days, like actually mostly spaghetti because it's just easy to store and spaghetti <laughs> sauce. And, um, you know, th that kind of thing, because, um, you know, things could go down for, for a little while, but yeah, it, I don't hold that reality. I, it's, I've had experiences where, um, you know, the powers that be, these are not the droids you're looking for. That's the best way I can describe it. Like I've had a couple of those already. And, um, once the third, well, I've had three actually. So it's, it's, it's a reality, um, where, yeah, they can't, uh, their reality can't infringe upon mine and, um, I'm able to hold it and God helps and, um, you know, enforces that it's, yeah, I'm not worried about, uh, about anything really, you know, I'm, I'm in the present and even death doesn't scare me. I've been to jail, you know, I've spent 60 days in jail. I've, you know, I've been pepper sprayed from this close, so, you know, been arrested, been in the back of police cars. My brother was beat up by a mistake. It didn't happen to me, but he, they beat up my brother, you know, like a, what you would call a SWAT team. And, um, I've been through it. I, you know, I paid my dues. I've been through the fire. Yeah. And, um, so which is a valuable experience because what have you got to be afraid of after you go through that yeah and it also uh it also um leads us to understand that the only authentic trust was the original one which is between ourselves and our creator and someday each one of us have to return to that level of trust and the fear is gone yes we have dominion and and that's the thing that's the that's the key to this um we're just not we just don't believe it number or or we don't not aware of it because we haven't read the bible but that's that's the contract and they have superseded that through claims and all kinds of maneuvering and money and all kind of you know trickery but at the end of the day we still have it like it didn't it's not gone yeah. You know, I find your answer so empowering because one of the concurrent themes amongst our circles of people, I guess, you know, that are in this on uh, the more side of freedom and sovereignty and stuff, there seems to be this prepper mentality that you got to move to the woods and be ready for the fall of civilization. And, and I love your statement there because it's so empowering, right? The idea that we are in control wherever we're at and we can't live in fear of that. I personally like living in the country just because I like the lifestyle. Um, I like the ability to uh, go hike and fish and, and all that. But I do love cities too. I lived in cities most of my life. Um, I just find them miserable now. But I, you know, but but that being said, you know, I think this is a good segue into moving forward to the future. I believe cities 
can are are can be magical places of of commerce of of culture of of the arts right of we talk about how in the future cities will be these holistic places where you walk through sound baths and these flowing gardens and and you go into all these amazing shops and where people have their wares that are i love that i mean i love going to quaint little towns and doing antiquing and all that like that's super fun right so we can be there and we can get there once we get over this hump now that being said how do you envision for you i love this topic what is the best way of governance we talked about anarchy is that really the way is there something like some some sort of situation where we maybe have a philosopher king type person who who is maybe um kind of a leader for our community and then that kind of spirals out fractally um personally i kind of like that idea i believe leadership's important in community i think uh, um we've seen that for eons with the with like the tribal cultures how they have a, a a philosopher king type of person who is has wisdom who's an elder who can make proper decisions and puts a lot of that onus on them to, uh you know, uh, to protect their community? Um, is it more of something that's like a republic? Uh, has the republic truly failed? Um, do you think about this stuff and where we should be going once we get over this hump and out of the maritime structure and out of the corrupt elite controllers and move on to this new era? For you, what is the form of governance that would seem to be the best fit for this? Well, I think we will be following God the way the, the, way the animals do. Um, it, uh, it, it's, we're just, we're, we're, we've been dragged away and our attention is not where it's supposed to be. And we've kind of, not that we've lost that connection, but the, we're not responding to it. We're responding to other stimuli. And I think, I really do think that this is how it's going to be. We will actually be, um, more how Adam was in the beginning and, um, it will, it, Things will make sense and, and we will know what to do um, without so-called leadership, like a, like a structured leadership. And even when the Israelites came out of slavery, which is if you understand the Exodus and some of the things about Israel, you can, you can extrapolate that out into, huma into humanity fractally, or you can bring it down to one man, one woman's journey. These are all um, types of, so you can see what, what the transition from, you know, slavery promised land it's this it's this coming out and into the new thing it's it's a it's a theme without within the bible and and you can see it over and over and over <coughs> excuse me when they came out they didn't have a king god led them out and they followed the the pillar of light and then um and the smoke and uh pillar of fire and smoke and then when they got to the promised land, that's when the smoke and the, and the things stopped, but they just lived in the land. And it, you'll see that they, it, it, there's the phrase, they lived as one man and each man lived as, as they saw fit and that kind of thing. It was like, there was a, a culture and a harmony that worked just because it just worked. And then they wanted a king and, and God said, why do you want a king? Well, you want a king like the rest of the nations around us. And it's like, boom, down into the, into the mayhem again, right? So it's, we, I, I, I don't know that, you know, I, I don't want to be the leader, put it that way. Like I'm not, I'm not <laughs> so forget that. But um, 
if there is a, a benevolent leader, uh, you know, the Bible says Jesus Christ, the government will be on upon, on his shoulders. So if, if he comes in a bodily form, then, you know, I'm all for that. But I think we were going to, we're going to be more um, following how we were designed in the first place, that, that connection to the, to the creator. And we will just live in harmony and there won't be any strife. There won't be any lack. There won't be any need for, um, competition we would all just work together as one and i know it sounds really lofty and la 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 but i really do think we can do this it's it's actually happening within empower you know to varying degrees and and people are growing and starting to get along and understanding each other and and be tolerant and it's 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 happening it's and it's happening on its own without any kind of leadership. There's just sort of seven principles to live by, which most people would go, oh, okay, makes sense. Um, and that's it. Well, it all goes back to staying in honor, right? And, and of course, that's the, you know, that's, that's the path of uh, whatever you want to call it, commercial redemption or, or whatnot. And uh, so even when we're dealing with the tyrants, there's ways to stay in honor with them, not fight them, but to be in honor. And then, of course, when the tyrants are out of our hair, it's going to be that much easier to stay in honor with each other. Because as you, you know, I, I agree with you 100%, the average person does not have, um, you know, all these uh, negative forces within them. They do not want to harm other people. I've never met anybody who says, hey, wouldn't, wouldn't it be a good idea to go to war? Uh, nobody wants to do that. We just want to live our lives. So, so I think using, uh, you know, the, the commerce while we're still dealing with this force on the planet as a way of staying in honor, even with them, it'll just, I, I see it naturally, you know, evolving into the way things that you're describing. And I don't think it's, um, it's a lofty vision at all, because when I walk around my land here and, you know, we're surrounded by wilderness, there's no electrical lines or anything. We're, we're out here basically on our own. Um, everything is in honor with each other, the animals, the, uh, you know, the, the, the forest, uh, nothing is in conflict. No. So, and we are rightfully the, um, the stewards of this domain. So I believe that's why it's innately inherent in us also. We were here to tend the garden and, um, and that means prune it and make sure it doesn't get overgrown. And, and we're, we're taught the exact opposite that there's lack and you have to go and work to get this stuff called money and, so that you can live here and um there's we're the only living i say this all the time we're the only living species that pays to live here <laughs> all the way down to bacteria and not one other living being plant animal fish pays to live here it's all provided in a balance and and we've been told something different yes the scarcity con game which has been played upon humanity for thousands of years when in fact it's all about abundance. Nature gives all, nature is abundant and all nature asks of us is to protect it. That's all. And yeah. it will give us everything. And I think, you know, I'm seeing it now. So the idea is we don't need that governance because when we are truly operating by natural law, we are one. We are one with each other. We are one with nature. We become psychic even. That's our true nature. So we know 
all truth. Everything's immutable truth in our minds because we know what our neighbor's thinking. And we know if you, hey, that's okay. You have those thoughts. Maybe they were a little quote unquote sinful or whatever, but we're all human. We all make mistakes. I love you anyways. There's no more hiding. There's no more debt. There's no more scarcity. It's all freedom, freedom to be ourselves. And like the clothes come off, right? <laughs> like going back to the, the Garden of Eden. And um, it's mind boggling for many people to even start to wrap their heads around this. It's, you're, as you say, it sounds woo woo. It sounds way out there. But I, I believe that's where we're headed. And that's something that I just inspires me every day to wake up and be happy. And that's why I love gardening. We live on a garden planet. Gaia, this is a beautiful garden planet. And we should be integrated into nature. And I feel like that's the uh, fun, exciting technology, technological world we can live in in the future where we have analog technology, where we are using new free energy and new systems of using permaculture and things like that, where we are engaging in abundance at all times. Yeah. And it really does become heaven on earth. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's that simple. It is true. Like Yeshua said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And it'll be, the, it'll be, I think it's going to be a very quick thing. And as you can see, if you, if you believe a lie, you, you start to act that way. Why do you think everybody's walking around like this? Because they, they just decided one day, oh, I think, uh, I think this is the new fashion trend. No, they're believing something. And therefore, they, they, they just instantly go to it. Well, if, the, if different information was put into that same mind, we would all go, oh, this is what we're doing. And of course, the only way they get away with all this is they appeal to our good nature because most people are wearing it because they really believe that they're helping somebody else or else they're at least virtue signaling that they're helping somebody else by wearing a mask. So, And the reason why people don't believe all the so-called conspiracy theories is because they can't understand that they're actually folks out there with different DNA than the rest of us and are not wired the same. Yeah. And what ends up happening with that phrase conspiracy theory, it makes, it makes the word conspiracy by itself become uh, a non-word. Like there can never be a conspiracy, like never, ever, nobody ever conspires to do anything. That's the, you know, that's the mindset. Oh, it's conspiracy theory. Uh, what about a real conspiracy? What if it is an actual conspiracy? Is it a theory or is it a conspiracy? You know, you have to jump out a little bit. Yeah, there could be some wild conspiracy theories, but there could be an actual conspiracy and you would miss it because you instantly dump it into that basket. And what's amazing is over the years, I've seen these different terminologies birthed and then just come into the mainstream. And the conspiracy theory was right after the JFK thing when people right. started questioning that. But then ever since that, you know, I noticed, okay, uh, talking heads as this one time, and then all of a sudden this guy over here, and then pretty soon everybody's repeating it, repeating it, repeating it. And now we have a term like conspiracy theory that's doing exactly what uh, you're talking about, which is automatically discouraging anybody from looking at just information. That's right. Because it's automatically pejoratized based on <laughs> the overall terminology. And it, it is brilliant engineering, but when you get onto it and then you just sit back and you're just watching you know, that develop in real time, it's, it's quite amazing. 
Yeah. Well, they, they introduced it at JFK and then they reintroduced it at 9-11 that Bush said it. And so, boom, it was, you know, of course, they had the, the group mind all focused in for, you know, a couple of weeks there. We were like, Woof. and that's how they that's how they do it. It's, it's programming. Hitler had to do it analog like he had to have rallies. That's why he was having these rallies in this, you know, and uh, regardless of what you think about Hitler, but that, that's how he was he was he understood this and um you know now they have technology and i think it's more than just broadcasting a message i think the new tvs are actually you know well they've had the flicker rate going since they were invented cia was involved from the very beginning with the television that's why they call it television programming i mean that the language right is always there um to flip the script real quick, I I do have a question about the the, uh, the post office, postmaster general, and all that, and how this plays into jurisdiction. There are some people with quantum ling on the quantum language side. I don't want to name any names, but I know I know who you're talking about. Yeah, is that is that real? I, I from what I can see, it is. I heard about it a long time ago. I heard about this man a long time ago, um, and um, I've looked at it. A bit. I have a feeling we're going to cross paths at some point, and then then get to the root of that. But um, everything I've seen looks like it, it it is, and and you know, judging by the stories, uh, how they're reacting, that's usually how I go because I've had that kind of thing, right? Where you know you're doing something, and the words out of their mouth is no, nah, that, that you know, there's no validity of what you're doing, but they're you know they're they're shaking, the papers rattling, they're so scared, so it's like. And, and so I don't know him personally. And so usually if I can get around somebody, um, I, I, there's a bit of a discernment there. And um, so I think, I think so, just judging by the stories that he's saying and the reactions of the other side tells me that there's, there's something going on there. Interesting. And I'll just say that I, I do, and I know I maybe bear something to say about this too, but um, it is interesting with the election, the 2000 election, uh, how um, it got delayed. It was like what we're seeing right now, but, and how he relates that to everything that was going on with, um, with the time and that they had to reset um, with, uh, and I'm not explaining it well, but it uh, coalesces all together with his narrative, with what happened in the 2000 election, with how they had to basically go in and manipulate it and change it. Um, and we're seeing that now again. But um, Bear, any thoughts on this? You know what we're talking about. Yeah, I, I don't know if it answers your question all, but things that can be verified are the fact that there are two separate entities. There's U.S. Postal and then USPS. One's a private corporation and and, and also, if you go back historically, there's a reason why one of the most influential men of the time, uh, people at the time, became um, Postmaster General, which was Benjamin Franklin. And that was considered, at that time, the most esteemed position, even higher than the U.S. president. So, um, you know, there, there's a lot to unravel there. And I've been through some processes <laughs> uh, based on that information in the past as well. And uh, there are processes also that where you can go and do mailings uh, for 
a fraction of the price if you know how to go through the original post office versus uh, USPS. So yeah, there's a lot of truth there. And then I also know of certain individuals I believe you're alluding to. Um, I don't have any personal experience there with those individuals. I kind of discern a couple red flags here and there, but again, that's just conjecture because I don't know these people, haven't worked with them. Yeah, I'm in the same boat, so uh, it's hard to, you know. So, so is the quantum language thing, though, is that is that a real aspect to all of this and how that's worked into the, you know, the rewritten constitution and all that? This All this information is so fascinating to me. Um, I did, I did like, like Bear, I, I have the, I have the CDs from, from David Wynn Miller, but by the time I got that and tried it, you know, I went, I went through it, but it was, you know, um, by the time I, I got that, I was already, I had already learned their what like the other side's way of manipulating English. Cause I, you know, I'd been down that road. So I was already writing documents uh, based on their, what I call word magic. And, um, and so I didn't, I wasn't that drawn to it, like to spend that much time on it because what I was doing was already working. And so Mm -hmm. that's, that's the, the only issue I had. Otherwise, if things weren't working, I would have, you know, I would have tried that too. I would have, you know, like, yeah, I I tried everything. I had a little history with him. Um, I had an earlier mentor uh, back, oh, in the early 90s or so. And then he brought me in contact with David. And um, he was already, you know, working on all this. And I was living in Hawaii at the time. And it's too long of a story, but I was brought into certain circles that were involved with the Hawaiian sovereignty movement. And so David was... uh, these were very close circles back then. You know, there's maybe a half a dozen of us that were working in closed rooms together, you know, and, and David was one of them. And, and I learned a lot from the guy. He's a brilliant guy in, in a lot of ways, uh, you know, I, other than that. But um, so he was brought in at the Hawaiian Sovereignty Movement uh, in order to um, translate the um, Hawaiian constitution into English, but keep it into relevant uh, present tense time. And, and, and that had to be done so that that constitution and the claims that the Hawaiians wanted to make it the world court would be heard. Now, I was told by the same group now, you know, when they went to the Hague and had their hearing and actually were victorious over US Inc., which I believe can be verified. Uh, what I wasn't aware of is that, um, but I was told by the same people that the, the Hague would automatically hear your case, uh, you know, if it was in that quantum present tense time. I don't know, I can't verify that, but you know, a lot of parties claim that to be true. So I had a little history there, you know, did, uh, you know, work with certain parties and, and, and it's a fascinating subject, quantum language, and there, I think there's something to it because I did learn a little more than just a little bit of it. I never used that in court to challenge any kind of um, process, so, uh, although other people that did it claim to have a lot of success. Right. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, there's so many avenues to go down. One thing I would love to, this is the biggest probably question we get, 
is in regards to you're in a store, you refuse to, to comply with, let's say, a mask mandate or something, and they call the police on you. Are there current statutes, let's say you're in the United States, that protect you against them forcing you to, um, you know, to essentially be arrested there for not complying with these, uh, with these you know, unlawful mandates? Well, um, <clears throat> I don't talk too much about masks because uh, it's too variable and there's no one answer for every place because some places uh, there's the illusion that it's mandatory and other places there, you know, they have actual, they pass some statute in, in, to one degree or another. So everybody has to, number one, do your own research, read what the act says, read it a couple of times and see where the, where the loophole is because they have to leave a loophole. They have to leave an out. And they always do. So um, find that. It may be hidden in language, um, you know, speaking of language. And, um, and then, then make your decision on how you're going to conduct yourself based on that. So there's no one answer for the mass or lockdowns. It's too variable. Um, I've just seen too many things where it's just, you know, there's the illusion of mandatory, but, and they're using that word, but it, there's, no, there's nothing behind it. Well, there's the idea of deprivation of rights under the color of law, right? Where um, it is just a statute. Statutes are just, they're, they're part of the, uh, what we've been talking about this whole time. They don't actually have, they're, if they are actually causing you harm, um, then you are empowered as a, as, a, as, a, um, as a human, as a natural living man to um, essentially uh, stand up for your rights. And there are processes, Tom Barnett's great at this, by the way, guys, and we've talked about this in other shows, um, to stand your ground and not consent. Um, yep, you're, yeah. But your rights don't, you don't have the right to do business with somebody. Mm -hmm. They don't have the right to force business on you and you don't have the right to force them to do business with you. Um, you so you got to understand that as well. <clears throat> so anybody can, Everybody has the right to contract or, or, or not to contract. And that's what we're really talking about here with this vaccination. So you got to understand you, if you want, if you don't want somebody forcing something on you, then you cannot force yourself into a store. Like it, it, it doesn't exist. Like you don't have the right to shop at Walmart or whatever it is. Right. It doesn't, that does not exist. So it, um, but there are ways around this, um, and usually it's within the act itself, or um, you just have to understand what it's saying and then be able to articulate that in a, in a relaxed manner towards the person who's trying to, yeah. usually they're usually in ignorance as well and think that this is, this is so. And, but if you engage um, like argument, that's going to bring the police and the police are there to, to keep the peace. They're peace officers as yeah, well. Yeah, you show that you're belligerent if you argue um, the thing I always do is if they I come in without a mask and they say, Oh, you got to put a mask. And I say, well, okay, I'm not going to do commerce with you. And I start to walk out and I've actually had people go, Oh no, no, you're good. You're good. Okay. Just keep six feet away, six feet away. It's, it's just rules and procedures yes. uh, that a lot of these people are following. And it's funny when oftentimes when the manager gets called and the manager's like, don't let them do their thing. It's sometimes it's just the rule followers thinking they need a, it's their own ego, but um, yeah, you're spot on, right? It's when you're belligerent by arguing that then the police can come in and because that's what their, their job is to do. Yeah, to keep the peace. And um, I'm also finding sort of worldwide, a lot of people that are, and I'm, you know, I don't want to say the wrong thing here, but 
there's quite a bit of uh, news of people being arrested, but then you don't hear the rest of the story yeah. and they're just let go. There's no charges. There's no nothing. So it's, it's, it's creating that illusion that if you do this, you're going to get arrested. Well, yeah, but then you're let go right away. So there's a lot of that going around all around the world as well. They're, they're using that as a tactic to, to, you know, control people, control the narrative. Um, yeah. So, so, so Cal, let me ask you this. Um, if you, if you've had any experience with this, uh, yourself or others, um, if you're shackled and put in a cage and if you do not consent to anything, including volunteering your, you know, your fingerprints, your mugshot and everything that after 72 hours, they'll release you. I've actually seen that happen. And, and that's the three day uh, resurrection period, of course. Uh, and, and if you can endure them stripping you and turning on the air conditioning and, and not feeding you or, or whatever they throw at you for three days, bounce you around the cage a few times, um, then they let you go. And I've actually seen that happen more than once. So uh, is that kind of a universal thing that, uh, that's understood in law enforcement? Yep. Uh, and there's a 24 hour one as well, at least here in Canada. So mm -hmm. there's a there's 24 and a 72. And I've seen it in court where they, they arrested somebody in court for not appearing. He's in the court, arrested for not appearing. And then they held them and he, he didn't say much, I guess. And even the prosecutor, you know, time was running out because they had arrested him the day before and he's going, you know, we got this 24 hour and I heard him say it to the judge, trying to say it quietly, right? And I could see the, the time was ticking. And the judge, she was amazing. She kept her cool and, um, you know, really convinced the guy to, to sign um, uh, like a, a bail here, like a bail agreement or whatever it was. Otherwise, they'd have let him go. I, I really sensed it. And, um, yeah, so that, it's, that is all real. And you have the right to remain silent. <laughs> Anything you say can and will be used against you in court of law. And... <clears throat> if you don't say anything and you have the right to say nothing, there's, n there's nothing they can do. And if you even look at Yeshua's trial, he said very little during that. It was, I don't know, uh, it was more than a day. He was bounced back and forth between in jurisdictions. And um, he said very little. Yeah. So it does kind of prove out that they need your consent. They do. Because it's all commercial, so they have to, you have to. There has to be an agreement. There has to be those four elements. So and they're, and they're adept at tricking you, but the the takeaway here. Police know this very well. Yeah, some some do, some don't. Mm -hmm. They're trained, so they, they they have words they use, and they have actions like they'll they'll drop and slide pieces of paper, and they'll say, "Do you understand?" And some of them under, do understand what, the, what it is they're doing, but most of them are just following uh, procedure. They've been trained. Yeah, it's rules and procedures is what mostly what we're dealing with. But I was just going to say, because we're, we're coming up on time here, and uh, God, we could talk for hours, Cal, but I think the main takeaway is everything's an offer in your life, from when you have your child in the hospital with the birth certificate to getting a parking ticket to um, taxes to uh, elections, <laughs> even. everything is a contractual offer. And when we start to realize that, then 
the we're put in the power seat because then it's just how we deal to you know deal with that uh, transactional offering. And um, I, as Bear said, when you get something in the mail, you, you got to engage. Um, and in that turn, you can send stuff in the mail and force their hand. Yeah. So it's a two way street always. And um, man, so uh, we do, people are wondering, Cal, they're saying, well, do we have to pay for this to get this information uh, through your site? And I think one thing we reiterate is like, you're doing the work to make this really easy on them. So if they want to opt in, I'll let you speak to this, then there is a fee to do that. But there are also resources out there. People, if you want to go do all the work, there are free resources out there. And I can point you to the some as well. But uh, Cal, do you have any of those free resources as well? Or is everything, how does that work with EmpowerNow? We are doing a membership site. So it's $15 a month. And then you get the full document and support like the uh, notice of liability, you get all the teachings we have, all these uh, interviews will be available, like um, including this one. And, um, and then we are going to add people that know how to do state, uh, you know, how to get change your status to state and those that know how to do trust and all that. So that will all be available to you at the same membership fee. And, and the whole idea is make this thing large enough so that that small membership fee that you're paying ends up being a large pot that can pay people to, to add to the, the thing. So everybody gets way more than what they put in. Everybody. Brilliant. It's like a co-op. Yeah, except yeah. huge. And, and, and we're billing <laughs> through our process, we're billing and creating a pot altogether as well. It's, it's drawing from, you know, notice the principles, notice the agent. So if you hit anybody on the pyramid, it goes to the very top. And like I said, there is an entity that resides in the United States and knows how to collect that stuff. That's, that's more than reasonable. I can't tell you over the years how much time and money I spent uh, traveling all over the country trying to, you know, get this information. So, um, yeah, more than worth it. Yeah, I yeah, agree. it's not even close. Yeah, even just what the notice liability itself. Um, you know, when I used to help people uh, with with court things, tax things, and stuff to do a to do a full administrative process, like customized. We, you know, it was in the three thousand dollar range, and that was pretty cheap. You know, compared to a lawyer. But still, three thousand dollars as compared to fifteen dollars a month, and you're like, here, here's a document, you know. Um, so the value is already there, like way beyond what you could possibly pay in the next five, six years. And then we're going to add more and more and more and more and more to it. That's fantastic. I'm sign me up. I tell you. So we'll put the uh, it's inpowermovement.com is the website. We'll put it in the show links. And uh, yeah, I know our community is all about this and it's you know, more important than ever guys. So check out Cal's website. They're doing amazing work. Um, shout out to Josh Del Sol for connecting us. Uh, Josh is actually um, working with myself and Alpha Vedic on this summit. And Cal, we are excited to have you on the summit panel with some, I think Lena Poo, um, maybe Ken from um, Gemstone. Um, a lot of the great minds out there who are working uh, working this these solutions on the side of common law, uh, natural law jurisdiction. So that's going to be a, a, a next level panel 
going deep into all these processes and giving people tools and techniques and, and more ideas on how they can implement this stuff in their daily lives. So that will be coming out. I think that the summit itself will launch in February, but we're hoping to have the initial registration early January. Uh, but yeah, thanks so much for uh, taking the time out of your busy schedule today, Cal. This has been a fantastic talk. Any final closing comments for our community? Move out of fear, like uh, move into the new, uh, try and get your mindset there as if you're, you know, there's a, a holiday coming and you're just like excited to get there. And, you know, it's, it's really, I think it was said, you know, it, it's still going to get dark. It's, it's dark now and it could even get darker, but um, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And even though we can't see it, I've been there. I've been in that dark tunnel where you can't see it. And then all of a sudden, boom, you come out and you're victorious. Like I came out of that 60 day thing, victorious. Fantastic. They, they were, they scampered away like, oh, after torturing me for 60 days. Right. So it, and I didn't do it. It was just, it just happened that way. It, it um, so I'm looking forward to this, this you know, on a on a worldwide scale of, of us coming out of this and being set free and and being prosperous all instantaneously it's boom like we're gonna come out victorious love it and the more of us that can stay in a state of perpetual uh joyous anticipation that will shape our reality exactly Yes, which is what we're always doing here. Uh, and for those who want to know more about what Cal was just talking about, he's gone over this in a number of interviews. I think with Matt Belair, you kind of touched on it and some others. So um, if you want to know more about Cal's story, which is amazing, we didn't really get into it here because we understand a lot of our viewers have already seen that. But if you do want to get more info on his story and what brought him to this, it is a really great one. And I, um, you were on Matthew, our friend Matthew Belair's a podcast where you went into that. And you've been on, a, I mean, a, there's so, just look up Cal on YouTube or Google Cal and you'll, you'll find that information. It's really great to dive into. And you've been through the ringer and you came out the other side. And as you say, you're already in the new world, as I feel like Bear and I and Alpha Vedic are as well. So we really resonate with that message. We feel like it's more important than ever for everybody within our community and within other communities coming together that we act in that way and that we, we spread that message. So thank you so much, Cal. This has been such an amazing, positive podcast today. Uh, I feel like my soul is, is ringing truth and light will always scamper the dark little creatures away, right? You turn the light on and all the cockroaches scatter Run away. Yeah. It's very simple, you guys. So yeah. thanks. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on the chat. It was a lively one today. Sorry if I didn't get to all your questions. Uh, but join us in Telegram as we uh, expand the conversation as always. T.me forward slash Alpha Vedic or jump uh, in the Discord, alphabetic.com forward slash Discord. Thanks, everybody. If you enjoyed this content, please hit the like, subscribe, share with your friends and family. We need this information out there and go to Cal's website, empowermovement.com. That's empowermovement.com. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the rest of your day, evening, wherever you're at. Get outside, get into nature, plant some something, get your feet in the dirt, go for a hike. Nature is the best remedy. Cheers.